0: All right. So um, first of all, I want to thank uh, Joel and Ariel Hillson for sponsoring this year tonight. let So our learning tonight should be host um, for Okay. So tonight the goal is certainly to uh, you know learn some halachos. That's nothing true. Halachos that are relevant to uh, to children uh, enjoying Shabbos the right way and, and finding that proper balance. But the truth is. That's not really my my main goal, Uh, because one of the most challenging pieces of parenting kids on Shabbos um, is that there's so many no's. I think most kids, you know, especially when they're younger, they just feel like Shabbos is a day of no. Like my three-year-old walks in every morning to the to my room and says, he doesn't do it anymore as much because is today Shabbos. Because why is today Shabbos? Because today he can't use a device. Today he can't. write Like it just becomes this. Like, from the time that they're so, so small, it becomes the day of no. And, um, and they're not mature enough yet to understand why the no's are really such a positive, create such a positive force for us to create a positive day, a day which is so uh, meaningful. So they can't get that. So all they, all they feel is the no. So the, the challenge is to sh- figure out how to strike a balance for kids, right? To help them see Shabbos as a positive day. We're going to talk a lot about positivity, uh, creating that positive atmosphere on Shabbos while also balancing it with teaching them about the appropriate behavior on Shabbos, which again is really more than anything else, and we'll talk about it more, laying groundwork. It's laying groundwork for how they're going to view Shabbos as they get older. When they're they're seven or eight, they might be able to understand that some of the no's are, you know, open us up to be able to have conversations with each other and to spend time together to, to focus on spiritual... But like an 8-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 10-year-old, they can't really do that. But to be honest, a 16- or 17-year-old doesn't, even if they maybe logically understand it, may not really care. Um, and so it creates this situation where we have so much no and, and the sophistication of what that no Brings in positivity is very hard to to find, so so the the real challenge is how do we find that you know balance between the two so that we in the end of the day what are we trying to do in chinuch right we're trying to set a foundation so that the kids when they're ready to make their own choices see this as something that is positive and something that's meaningful and something that they actually want to do themselves because we can't force them and eventually they get to be a certain age they're going to make their own choices and so the goal is. What are we putting in place now so that as they get older and start to make their own choices, they will on their own choose to do what they grew up with? So if it's negative, and if it's hard, and if it's bad, and if it's a, a negative association, they're not going to want to do it even if we technically keep them in line right, when they're young. That's, that's, that's great, but what good is that? Um, so it's about trying to find that, that balance. I, had a, a, I know someone... Growing up, whose whose father, this kid came to shul every single day, every single Shabbos, nine o'clock, sat in his seat from nine o'clock until eleven, whatever time it was, and with a sitter, like a mensch. and people were like, wow, you know, that's like so amazing that the child, you know, is, is there every day, every Shabbos, and sits like a mensch. and like what chinuch. So I, I happen to know that the child, that this young man is not from anymore. He was sitting in shul because he was being forced to sit there, and he wasn't enjoying it. And it was a it was a very very heavy hand that was making him do that. So he had to be the type of kid who was obedient, but that didn't turn him onto Yiddishkeit, right? So like, what, our goal in in chinuch is not to get our kids to do what we want now. That is partly to teach them, but the real goal is to lay the groundwork so that they will choose from what we want that will become what they want as they get older. So if that's the goal then we have to really think differently I think a little bit um, about what our approach is to Shabbos. So before we do anything else I want to show you source number one is Revolbi. Revolve in source number one uh, the safer called Bin Abin'in Bechinuch uh, planting and building in, in education they have it in, it's actually put out in English also. It's a wonderful safer. It's a wonderful sefer. Revolvi wrote a sefer, Ali Eshor, He's known in Eretz Yisrael as the Mashkiach, the Mashkiach. He, was, you know, he lived in Had an opportunity actually to, to go to Revolvi's house to buy Ali Shor from him. That was like a very big There was the last few years of his life. Um, just a master of Musser. is a master in, in, in the world of Musser, but also wrote a beautiful, beautiful sefer on Chinuch. And in his introduction to the sefer, he writes as follows. He says, <laughs> Mishimasha ha'salachata et kiyu moreshet ha'am v'torato The chinuch is—it's like it's 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 the, the highest rung on the ladder, because it's the mitzvah of chinuch. He's talking about Shabbat. He's not talking about Shabbat. He's talking about chinuch in general. The chinuch is the thing that protects and ensures for ourselves the fact that the mitzvah will continue. The mitzvah continues because of chinuch. If we do a good job of passing on the things that we do and showing them to our children then those things will continue. If we don't, then they won't. Right? The mitzvah of is that important. misimah HaMutel Al Kol It's the responsibility of every father and every mother. Ani Mina Hazu No one can say, I don't have this responsibility. If you have a child, then you have a, a, a role to play in this mitzvah and in this sacred responsibility. Um She'ni So on the one hand, every single, every single one of us has the job. Right? To be a parent and to teach our children. On the other hand, it's kind of you know there's a natural way that parents want to want to be machanich. case to teach their children. It's not just that we have a job to do; it's something that we naturally want to do. We want our children to follow in our footsteps. We want our children to make the choices that we make. That's what we're looking for, right? We want them to learn our lifestyle. Even though it's something very natural, we naturally want to teach our kids to do it well isn't just natural. It's not something that just comes naturally. Anyone who has kids knows that. <laughs> it doesn't just come naturally, right? We don't really know what we're doing. We're given children, we're not given the God book, right? Uh, and it's, not, it's not simple. you can't just like... You know, whatever. We'll, like, we'll figure it out. I'll do what I feel is right or what, I, what seems to be correct. It's not enough just to like, kind of like feel your way around in Chinuch, which is hard because I think that's what a lot of us do. We all do that to a certain extent. You can't just like rely on your natural inclination. Name me a certain way and I'll just use those natural instincts to teach. And I'm sure it'll go fine. You have to really learn about it and you have to pay pay attention to it. We should be lucky if we spend time trying to figure it out and think about it, that we should be successful. That was a nice he, he goes on to explain because there are certain things that we think are good khinach and they're really bad khinach. Right? There there's certain things that we think make sense and they actually backfire on us. Um, and that's a little bit we're going to talk about that tonight also but I I thought that Revolvi's point is so true in Chinuch in general and it's certainly true in Chinuch when it comes to Shabbos because because the the aspects of Shabbos are are particularly challenging when it comes to to Chinuch with with younger kids and with teenagers um, it requires thoughtfulness and that's why and I'd like tonight to kind of talk about it and, and to really think about what are the choices that we're making when we're teaching our kids about Shabbos is really valuable because without it you can really be lost, and I'm not sure what, how, how much should I care that my kid is at the table or not at the table, is, wants to play ball, doesn't want to play ball, wants to get in shops clothes, doesn't want to get into shops clothes, likes to wear sneakers, that, like, uh, how, how much should these things matter to me, how much should I push, how much should I not push? And it's a battle that we all kind of face in ourselves, and we hopefully it doesn't become a battle in the house, um, but there's a lot of opportunities for that battle. Mentioned that in the first year, there's like a lot of opportunities, so many things that kids don't want to do that we want them to do on Shabbos that can become negative. And how do we, how do we teach in a way that is thoughtful and a way that, is, that creates positivity in the house? So, so I think the first thing we have to do um, is we have to ask ourselves if we're going to try to teach our kids about Shabbos, so the first question has to be how do we feel about Shabbos? Has to be. Because if we, and we can be well intentioned. And say, My, my child's going to have a great feeling about Shabbos, and they're going to think it's positive, and they're going to they're keep Shabbos better than I do. They're not going to do anything better than you do, right? Than we do. They're going to do things just like we do. Right? You know, there's the joke about uh, the kid coming, the, the boy who's the Shabbos Abba and in, in, in school, and he comes up, you know, he's in kindergarten and first grade, and he sits down at the table, and the, and, uh, the mower gives him the cup of, of wine, you know, to, to make kiddush, to make the racha, and he goes, Oi! What a hard week. And she says, What's that? He says, That's what my office says every Friday night before Kiddush. Right? Like there's much more Hinoch in the modeling of Shabbos than in anything we're gonna tell them about Shabbos. Right? It's all about really how we model it and what we do. It's very little about what we say and what we ask of them. Right? And that's what we're gonna talk about as we move on. But but the the, but but the, first, so the first question, if we're going to talk about Chinuch and Shabbos, is, what does Shabbos mean to me? What do I love about Shabbos? How do I struggle in Shabbos? And how do I, you know, how do I handle the things about Shabbos that I actually have a hard time with? And how do I, you know, handle them in a more, how do I start handling them in a more positive way for myself? And how do I make the day of Shabbos a special day for myself? A day that I enjoy, that I like, that I feel uplifted by, and the things that I'm doing or could be doing better within my Shabbos experience, that, again, because if I do that and my kids see that in me, at least gives them, doesn't guarantee they're going to do it themselves, but it shows them a model for a Shabbos that is meaningful, a Shabbos that is gewaldic, a Shabbos that's like, wow, that's great. As a po- so if we do that, then we're in a good place. We're Moshe Feinstein as a Classic, classic comment that he talks about. You know, he and it's not—it's not in any way a, a judgment, but it, that that when people came to, to to America in the first, you know, even before World War II, and they came to America, and they uh, and they they were from people, and they went to work, and on Friday they went to work, and they were told if you don't come back tomorrow, don't come back on, on Monday, right? And they didn't and they didn't go on Shabbos, they didn't go on Shabbos, and they lost their job every week. And it was amazing, mysterious nefesh, and he says, and so many of their kids didn't keep Shabbos. So he said, why not? So I don't know. I, I'm not one person to say why anything. When Moshe finds him right, he says, I'll tell you why not. For some, he said. Because there was a phrase that that Khaver used to say. The phrase was, It's really hard to be Jewish. And he said that they, these parents would sacrifice for Shabbos in such an amazing way. But they would say out loud, It's so hard to be Jewish. It stinks. So the kid said, if it's so schwer, if it's so bad, I don't want that. I don't, I, don't, I, don't need, I don't want to be, not every kid wants to be the hero who sacrifices, right? The message of, but we fought for Shabbos, and Shabbos is because people in the concentration camp kept Shabbos, and, like, dude, like, today you can choose whatever you want. That's not going to be a message that, for some kids, I guess it could work. For other kids, that's not, that's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. If Shabbos becomes a day of, of beauty, and a day of positivity, and a day of Shabbos cereal, and a day of candy, and a day of... You know, when, I, when, when my mother and father are there to focus on me and talk to me and pay attention to me and play with me, that, that, that's something that I want. That's something that I like. Right? We say when we, uh, when we make the Torah, right? So one of the brachas we make is right? make the, I can't just have Torah. Torah has to be sweet. Make the Torah sweet in my mouth. And then we say We say and, and help our children Keep Torah, too. So why do we start with Vaharevna? Why do we say Vahai Revna and then say, and our children should also learn? Because if it's not delicious, if it's not sweet, if it's not joyful for us, what we're doing, then it's not going to stick with them. It'll stick with them. It's going to become something that they want when they see our joy in it. So the entire background of a conversation about whether a kid can play basketball on Shabbos or should wear Shabbos shorts or not, which we you want to talk about has to start with this piece first, right, which is what kind of environment of positivity am I creating in my home with regards to Shabbos? We spoke a little bit in the first year also about you know, what we're doing with, you know, at the Shabbos table, spending time playing with our kids, you know, really focusing on them. We'll talk about it more as we move along. But the more, the more we, we focus on the positivity, the more we're laying groundwork. And we're playing the long game. Right? We're not playing the short game. It's not about what they're gonna do today on Shabbos per se, which mitzvahs they keep and don't keep, it's about how do they feel about Shabbos. And if we, it's, there's studies that like, you know, a 16-year-old kid, not just they don't just rebel against years kid, they rebel against everything. Because their prefrontal cortex is just starting to develop. And so they're starting to question and to analyze and to think, and like, who are you to tell me what to do and who cares, and who's that God that I don't see who tells me I should or shouldn't text on Shabbos, and what do you want from me? That's, that's normal. So the the question isn't, how do I control my kid to make sure they don't do those few things I want them not to do on Shabbos? The question is, how do I show my child what a a family life looks like with Shabbos, so that when they're 20 and 22 and 25 or 30, they say, hmm. And not going to realize what they're going to say, but they're going to subconsciously remind themselves of what it is they, "I, I want that in my life. And maybe they're rebelling against it when they're sixteen or seventeen, but if we, if I continue to create that positive environment, so then there's no guarantees. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I don't. We don't guarantee anything. I'm Mazel too, and Davnik. But that they're gonna maybe that I've created an environment that they want to come back to, an environment they want to create in their house. Okay. So let's so let's talk first about actually some mitzvos and some. Concepts, practical concepts that actually talk about environment on Shabbos. Okay, environment that we that we uh, are expected to create on Shabbos. This pasuk in source number two is a pasuk that um, that is some read actually in the in their uh, in their kiddush, but it has you know it's 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 uh, a source of a lot of dinim, a lot of has come from this pasuk. In the pasuk Pravnun and the pasuk that Yeshayahu says as follows: Im um, toshiv miShabbos raglecha. So if you're gonna, you know, on Shabbos, if you're going to take your legs, have your legs rest, right? Do the do your actions. You're not you're not going to right. You're not you're not going to do asos your business on my holy day. And you call the day of Shabbos like a, a meaningful day, a day of, of, of delight, of, of enjoyment. It's going to be a day that's for Hashem, that's a respectful day. And you should honor it. Right? To, to go on your usual ways. So that I'm going to be careful on that day. The way you show honor to Shabbos is by certain things that you would typically do, you don't do those things. And right, there are certain things that I. This is not a pasuk in the Torah, right? It's a pasuk in the Navi, right? An On Shabbos, there are certain things that we, certain of my normal activities, which I don't do, which reminds me that this day is different. And the Gemara in Shabbos takes apart this pasuk and uses almost every single word in the pasuk to teach me different halachos. Oh, dinay 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 derabanan, but it's almost like we call like you know diberi kabbal. When it comes to the Navi, it has even power, higher level than just diberi kabbal. So it says that the Gemara as follows. How do I show honor on Shabbos? I wear Shabbos clothes. I wear clothing on Shabbos that is different than clothing during the week. He would say about his clothing, they're the things that make me show cover. Right? That his clothing are special for Shabbos. Shechter talks a lot about it. He thinks the person should have, I don't have as many suits. But he says, you have rite clothes, and you have chalamoid clothes, and you have Shabbos clothes, and yantav clothes. But, th- but the bottom line is that my Shabbos clothing should be different than my clothing, regular clothing. My kids always get on me on this one. They're like, Abba, but you don't wear Shabbos clothes. You wear the same clothes every day. So it's not true. I have special suits for Shabbos. I have special shoes for Shabbos. I have, I, I do, I have special ties for Shabbos. I only wear on Shabbos. But right, to, uh, I'm the worst example. because right, That's why every person who sees me during the week says, good Shabbos. Because I'm always in Shabbos clothes. But right, the, but the, right the, I have that... The Hibalato is that I have special clothing I wear on Shabbos. Next. I shouldn't walk on Shabbos. Like I walk during the week. You ever walk in May Sharm on Shabbos and you see Chasidim walking like this? That's a, that's a, for a reason. They walk first of all, if you've ever seen Chasidim during the week in Mayasharim they move very fast. They move very fast, especially on Arab Shabbos, right? And the Shabbos comes hands behind the back and they stroll. And they walk very slow. On Javis, except for except for for going to shul if you're running for Dvar Mitzvah, you can run into shul you can run into, into shul fine so that's another thing so number one how you dress number two how do you walk so this has a whole lot of different conversation speaking about Malacha speaking about even if it's not Malacha but talking about the talking about business, uh, talking about business on Shabbos and and Dvar um, is actually to speak about Malacha so you're not supposed to say on Shabbos, um, can you give me a ride after Shabbos? Right? Because you shouldn't even say the word ride, or ride in the car. Can you drive me after Shabbos? Because you're not supposed to talk about Malacha, and Muzal has is just to talk business on Shabbos, even if it doesn't involve any Malacha, just to talk business. Fine. So you're not supposed to also talk on Shabbos the way you talk during the week. Right? So it's everything that, that the Navi brings out that the, these elements which seem sort of minor in a certain sense, and they're not in the Torah, but they actually change the entire way the day of Shabbos looks. I talk different, I walk different, I dress different. And it creates an environment that if a child's walking around their neighborhood, the whole thing looks different. I have quoted uh, two years two ago, Rabbi Salvatri talks about going to this mudger stebel across the street from him, where there was this guy who was uh, the, the, the town schlepper, who used to schlep you know, he would literally walk around with a rope and tie their clothing. And on Shabbos, he would put on a kapata and he'd look like a totally... He goes, like, I didn't even recognize him. Totally different person. Right? It creates a... We, don't, we take it for granted. And you walk around on Shabbos with them Shabbos clothes. It looks different. People, it creates a different environment around town. Okay. Um, fine. So, so, so let's talk about Shabbos clothes for a second. So that's a big... That could be a big... A big fight, and I have sometimes with the kids. I want to put on a button-down shirt, and I want to put on you know Shabbos pants, Shabbos shoes. It's like a pain in the neck. So, like, what do you do? So, certainly we want to teach our children about the idea of Shabbos clothes. We do. We want to teach about Shabbos clothes. So, so what do we do? So, number one, obviously, Shabbos clothes is not going to work unless we're wearing Shabbos clothes. If you're not wearing Shabbos clothes, then it's not going to do anything. Then, then we can't teach about Shabbos clothes. It's only going to work again if I'm modeling it first. If I'm modeling Shabbos clothes, so. One of the things that I think is a is a really important I think a really important lesson for kids is to teach them that Shabbos clothes is not is not shul clothes. That Shabbos clothes is Shabbos clothes. So like for example, when I was a kid, we used to go to New Hampshire for for a week or something in summer. So on Shabbos, we'd be in this place. So we if we were lucky, there was a minyan. Sometimes there was, sometimes there wasn't, but it didn't matter. We still brought our Shabbos clothes, and we wore Shabbos clothes, and we'd walk around, you know, on Shabbos in this like random place with almost nobody else was Jewish. And they kind of look at us a little bit funny. They're wearing Shabbos clothes. But I always said, like, what I mean? does not going to Shul. And the answer was, Shabbos clothes are not Shul clothes. It's for the day. It reminds you what the day is all about. Actually, in a place like that, it's the most important. It's even more important in a place where you're not going to Shul to remind you that today is Shabbos. right? And it had a big impact on me. That, like, it's just a, it, right, it has nothing to do with Shul. It's not a Shul thing. Oh, but kids are going to run around. They're going to rip their, 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 their nice thing. So Shabbos play clothes. Shabbos play clothes can be, you know, more like school, more like, it depend, again, all this depends on the age of your kid. Before I say anything else about practical, number no one depends on the age of your kid, and it depends on every child's different. For some kids, you know, it's horrible. Other kids are more flexible, and you have to figure out how to, how, everyone has to figure out for their own children how to make it work. But as a general construct, I think Shabbos play clothes is a very fair concept. So that might mean for boys, like a polo shirt, not gonna wear, we're not going to wear T-shirts on Shabbos. We're not going to wear T-shirts in Adidas pants. Right. It's Shabbos. It's so not Sunday, so uh, so I'm not going to wear you know. So I'm wearing nice clothes to say to shul, and later on I wear something a little bit more so I can still run around in. Fine, that's fine. So, but but it should be a little bit different. It should be a little different. So it could be similar to school clothing or a a, a polo shirt that's white or whatever that is. And every family has to figure out how to navigate that difference. But the point is just that they should notice a difference. It's Shabbos. It's not Sunday. So when they change in the afternoon because they want to play, for a kid who's a, you know seven, eight, nine, ten, it makes sense. They can, they can let them change, okay. But let them change into something on Shabbos which dress a little nicer. A little nicer because it's still Shabbos the whole day. And I think the more that we model that it's Shabbos the whole day, Shabbos clothes the whole day for adults, then kids can appreciate Shabbos the whole day for kids also. Again, a little different because they're kids. But again, something. And again, I think it's more about making some point of it. You have to know for yourself, for each kid, how that looks. But Shabbos play clothes. Remember, Newberg used to talk about Shabbos shorts for little kids. You know, young kids, five, six, seven, you know, like little kids. So you want to wear shorts on Shabbos. So it's be Shabbos shorts. Shorts they have just for Shabbos. That it gives them that same thing. And the same thing. It's boys and girls, the same thing. So for girls also. Whatever that, you know, a little nicer level of clothing is for them on Shabbos, they should wear a little bit, even in the afternoon, a little bit, a little bit nicer level. Shouldn't be walking around in, in Sunday clothing. Um, okay. But this applies also not just to clothing, but also to running around. And this is going to get to more of the question of sports and kids, things for Shabbos. So one of the things was that your hiluch, your the way you walk on Shabbos, shouldn't be the way you walk on during the week. So that's going to pose a serious problem for, for you know, exercise, playing sports for kids, etc. So take a look at source number four. It says it's to her. Shouldn't walk on Shabbos like you walk during the week. Ein lo la adam la roots bishabis kederach she osu b'chal brits should not run on shabbos like they run during the week. Some of us would say halavir should run during the week, right? But but uh, you shouldn't run on shabbos like you run during the week. Avayim rats dvar mitzvah kogol beisak ineses like yotzebo muter, fine. Kosav be I don't know what that stands for. Bachurim hamis angin bekfitzasam u bemirutso sam muter. So bachurim means children, kids who get oneg they get enjoyment from jumping around and running around, that's mutter for them, that's allowed. They're allowed to run on Shabbos. Why? For a kid, why can a kid run on Shabbos? An adult can't run on Shabbos, there's a big discussion in the Post game about about uh, exercise in general for adults. Right, the idea of you know, going for a run on Shabbos. So the Rambam talks about hit amlut, exercise. You know, things that are, um, you know, he, he talks about something that works up a sweat, or something in that nature, but certainly the idea of going for a run for adults—that's not—that's not appropriate for Shabbos for just exactly this reason. That's the chibarato. right? It's not—it's not appropriate. etc. But we read it in the in the in the says on a Shabbos. You should walk slowly. You should not. suppose not supposed to go going for a run on Shabbos for two reasons. Could be it's part of the gzeira of. Of of refua anyways, right? Not not to run for, for exercise, but separately, even that you shouldn't be running on Shabbos as part of this din. Your hiluch your should be different during the week than the, on Shabbos and during the week. So, but so for adults, exercising is not not something that should happen. Someone has a, you know a, needs to do a, like bands or something for physical therapy, so we, that's the Shabbos we can talk about. But typically, not no no exercise on Shabbos for adults. So, but what about for children? So for children, running is not exercise. For children, running is walking. <laughs> Most of my kids, they run, they walk. That's how they walk. They run. They just run. They run around. That's how, that's how they enjoy the day. That's how they enjoy life. So to tell a child they can't run on Shabbos, it's like, it's like, it's, it's not shy. In fact, that's the post gonna say. That's what the tour talks about, even the them already. That because it's a normal way for kids to enjoy themselves is to run around. So that's suddenly something that is, that is permissible, and kids are allowed to, to run around to play, tag, jump rope, that kind of stuff. is absolutely permissible for kids. They should be encouraged to do it on Shabbos because that's how, they, that's how they enjoy their time. Fine. Okay. Oh, so we're going to get the bikes. We're going to talk about bikes. We're going to talk about bikes. Okay, but what about beyond running around? What about something more specific, like playing basketball, playing baseball, playing, so- playing soccer, playing hockey? You know, is that something that is... Is Sir on Chavez? Is it not recommended on Chavez? Where does it land lie, and why? What's the conversation? So take a look at section three, source number five. So source number five, Toises and is talking about a question of whether a, whether a ball is... Mukza, I mean, sorry, is, is a bowl something that a person can carry in the Rosh Hashanah on Yantif? Because on Yantif, it's both the Shabbos, and Shabbos, you keep you, there's an Isra of Hatzah you can't carry. On Yantif, the halacha is, you can carry if it's a tzarek, if it's Tzarek hayon, if it's something for the day. I need to carry my Talos to Shul, my, my sitter, food for a potluck, whatever that is. All the things that I need as a, as a need for the day, I'm allowed to carry on Yantif, right? It's not a carte blanche that carrying Yantif is mutter carrying onto his mutter for things that you need as a Tsarakhayom. So the question that was that Titus talks about is what about carrying a ball? And then you're Can you carry a ball? So it says Tysh, the lap daffa katunla muda you want to carry a child to get a to get a Brasil, the Huatdin, Shalolamulo, the shari Tiyul. You can even carry a child around. He's talking about carrying a child. I can carry a child, just take him for a walk. Right? The Haeshka Khanami di missachimbi kadour. Shikorin, that's that word there. Paluta. What language is that? Pelota? In Spanish, I think, you have the word Pelota means ball, right? Right? So I think um, the point being, the He says, this because we know that people play with a ball in Rishasarabim, because it's, uh, that's, it's, it's, even though it's a game, that's like, you know, kids play with a ball, that's fine. And therefore he says, it's not, it's not us to carry a ball in Rishasarabim, because it's uh, something that necessary, it's, a part of, it's part of the use of the day. So the Yom Shlomo, the Marshal, writes in source number six. He says, What are you talking about? He says, Allow people to play with a ball? He says, There's no need for that on Yom Tif. It's just a game for kids. So that for kids he says, Okay. I think it's a terrible thing. So he, th- so he says, for a kid to carry a ball, that he thinks is fine. He says for an adult. He says, "What's an adult playing ball for?" An untiff. That's like no, That's not. Right? That's that's basically what he says, right? So if you look in Shulchan in source number seven. In terms mm, of kids, is that our or is that? X? Doesn't sound like it, right? It sounds like kids, <speaking> children. <Spanish> right? It sounds like we're going Don't worry. We'll, t- we'll talk practically as we move along. But doesn't the Marsha? The, Mar- the, Mar- the Mar- sounds like he's saying, like, for a child, that's. Okay, but for an adult, it's not appropriate. Again, children and adults in, those, you know, in three, four hundred years ago it was also different than children and adults today. Toses is talking about whether a bull is is uh, something that's a tzorach hayom. An yantef, an So, job plus a is referring to Shabbos. How do we make that connection? To jobs and Right. Okay, it could be that, we typically assume that the chibarato and all these things apply to Yantif as well. Typically, it's a good question of what the, the drush is to bring them together. So typically, we assume those things go together. But and um, but, but clearly Tostos is, he's concerned specifically about hotza about, um, on Yantif. Is it permissible to carry a ball? It, just, it happens to be that Tostos mentions, hello, we know that people play with a ball on Yantif. So clearly, he doesn't think that a ball is muksa. Okay, so, Lachem, this is, kid, is, is playing, playing ball. ball, and who's and you say there's no the in, in meaning Shabbos. Maybe we should be more machmir. Right. Okay, you could say such a thing. There's a requirement of owning Shabbos, though, for you know for everybody on Shabbos. also. the owning Shabbos is still a requirement for everybody, for adults and kids, right? So, 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 you're right. You could make that argument, but once to, the point of bringing the Tosafot is to show you that Tosafot says we see that people play ball on you know in the Rishish of Rabbim on Yantif that wasn't something that he thought was crazy that it happens the Marshal says yeah but only if it has children and that's what he that, that's the point that the Marshal is pointing out yeah you may be about to get to this Yeah. what about kids who want to play catch with their cat- parents cat- good. good 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 excellent so look at Shochanar Aruch writes this follows. he says this ta- uh, is me- since you're allowed to carry for yontif needs, which is shalol l'zorach, I'm allowed to do it for other needs that aren't those specific yontif needs, uh, uh food needs, kegon, katan, velulla, vesefer torah, vekelim, all things I need a yontif hatsrichim lo kitzats. Fine. Avavanim v'chayotze behen aser umutar l'shoch dekadur, and he says it's permissible to play with the ball. Avfilu brishis harabim the Ramah writes That it's permissible to play with a ball Even though it's just like A game He doesn't say, by the way Only for kids The Ramah just says That's okay That's fine Even though it's just uh, You know uh, It's just for games Okay Take a look at Shabbos And then you pointed this out it Says the Shulchan Arachim When it comes to Shabbos And again, the Ramah was the one who says It's permissible on Yantif. He's quoting the Tausbos. Ashkenazim, right? And then the Rama the Mechabah writes, so right, the Mechaber says you can't play with the ball on Jabis. This is the Shabbos. And the Ramah writes Matirim, And are those who are Makel, and that's how I mean like to be mekel. So what happened, what happened on Shabbos? Now all of a sudden you can't use a ball. What happens? So Mishabura points out, what are we talking about? He says what what they were talking about is a, a ball that was like really like a rock. Wasn't like you know made by uh, you know uh, Rawlings or whoever like to play with. It was like a, a rock in the yard, which you know some people would use for a ball, some people wouldn't use it. And he said, so the, the says that's not a you know you shouldn't be using that on Javis So therefore, it becomes muxed. And The Maromos says that's not true. Um, yeah, fine. Um, one thing that. And we assume we assume it were made go because again it's al l'adim and since kids play with the ball it no longer has the status of mukza because it's something that is used for in a permissible way. Um, beyond that, other posts can point out today that since if you look in source number ten just for a second, Rav Nevensal points out shamati from Rabbi Shlomo Orbach kaderim they're made in a in a factory chashive kli even people who follow the that that's us to that play with the ball. Shlomo Zalman thought that today, that they're made for playing with, they're certainly not mukhs on Shabbos. It's not a rock that no one would use. It's a, it's a permissible thing. One, one Friday night I spoke about uh, can you pump up a ball on Shabbos? So someone told me they went home and sw- there was a, a person who was visiting from a different community. He was like, Pumping up a ball? How do you even have to play with a ball, in- use a ball on Shabbos in the first place? I was like, wow, what kind of community is that? That's amazing. All right, but, but like, you know, this, the, the kid, I like, couldn't, be, like, couldn't believe that I would even, like, say using a ball. Is, but that's the Ramah. Using a ball on Shabbos is his mother. Um, so that's what we assume. We assume that a ball is not, is not, not muksa, and therefore will be permissible to use on Shabbos, to use a ball. Fine. One thing to point out is that um, the, the mission Bruh does, does right. If you see a few lines down where it's bolded, he writes, agabe Karka. He says when you play on, on dirt, you have to be concerned you're going to smooth out the dirt and you can become a malacha of bona because you're, you're smoothing out the surface. It's actually an interesting shayla about like, playing kickball or soccer. If there's a separate concern about shmuyagun, when you're, you're kicking up grass and you're kicking up the dirt, that might be uh, something to be concerned about, actually. It's an interesting shayla. Um, but in terms of you know, playing catch and things like that, th- there's really no... What do you do when you play ball? You run around. Kids allowed to run around on Shabbos? Yeah. You, you play with the ball. Can you play with the ball on Shabbos? Yes. Uh, you know, what other possible malachos are we talking about here? Not really any others. Um, so if you ask the question of, according to the letter of the law, is playing ball on Shabbos permissible, the answer is yes. Right? There's not really any iser that, uh, that, uh, that you're going to violate when you play, you know, play catch or things like that, shooting around in basketball, you're not going to value an ISR. And, and even the truth is, if you play five-on-five, five, we're going to talk about, what I, I'll give you my thoughts on what guidelines should be. You know, play a five-on-five five game. Again, so the kid, adults are going to sweat. adults are going to be, that's like, that might be a, more of an issue of, of hisamlos of, of exercise and things like that. But for kids to run around and get sweaty, there's not really a, that's, that's how kids are. That's, that's the owning of kids. So, you know, to sit there's some iser involved in kids playing ball, it's probably there really isn't any any istir you can find. Okay, however, there's a very very powerful and somewhat even strange Yerushalmi in source number eleven. Yerushalmi says it's fellows, and give me a minute to explain it because at first you're like holy cow. The Yerushalmi says it's fellows, Tur Shimon a Plus Mavon De Garvin Mirakia Lakaita Kol Aruva Ruvost Shuba. In Turshimon, this town in Eretz Israel, they would bake 300 chalas every Arab Shabbos and deliver them to four people. So Turshimon was a pretty chesed oriented place, a wonderful place, a place of very high quality individuals. Vilamacharav, so why then was Tor Shimon destroyed? We're not told how Tor Shimon was destroyed. What happened to it? Was it overrun by thieves? Was it some kind of miraculous thing? I, I'm not sure. I don't know what it was that happened to Tor Shimon, but it was destroyed. So it was such a great place. Why was it destroyed? So take out the two options. Some say, because even though they were very chesed-oriented towards other people, they were a little too chesed-oriented towards each other. Right? And there, were, there, was, there was inappropriate, immoral relationships going on in the town. Okay, that's one of the big three of Eros. That's a good reason for a place even though you go to Chesed, they're not so good. One of the languages used in the Torah for inappropriate relations is Chesedhu. Right? That sometimes it's too much Chesed. Okay? Fine. That we get. Wonderful Chesed, but this Znus is very serious. So the, the town was destroyed. V'yesh omrim shai misachakim bekadur. The other reason is because they played ball. What? get playing ball. It's a very strange thing to say. It's what? So how do you explain what, what the Gemara is trying to tell us? Source number 12 says the Korban Ada. Bekadur says the Korban Aida, Because they played ball on Shabbos Inami Or it wasn't Shabbos, but they were constantly playing ball. They were like a, a stadium city and all they did all day was play sports and involved themselves in any uh, entire mitzvahs. Okay. Still, still hard. Still hard. Okay. But, but if you take a look at the Ketzosa Shulchan in source number 14 it says something very interesting. The Ketzos Shulchan is written by uh, Avram Chaim Avram is most well-known in the Torah world for the, shi- the Shi'urim. He had a lot of Shi'urim. You know, what's a Kazayis? What's a Kabetzah? How much is a Tefach? Rav Am Noah wrote, wrote a sefer on, on you know, so you hear like the Chalzanush's amount and the Rav Am that's how he's usually more famous. But he writes about this also. So he says, Vihine, where it says Vihine in big letters, Habes Yosef, maybe you shall me paradise the tiniest tour shimon lamachar of his omnas nus, each omshemusachim be kadur. Vechain who be medish rabbah They also have an echa also. The medish echa. Okay. Arm of Hunam, you shall shame Sachim be kadur be Shabbos. Hamatirin, schoke the kadur be So, how are you going to explain? If you are playing with the ball on Shabbos is permissible, then what's the problem? Sarah Lomer perish I wish shall me, Levisha Asu, schoke hakadur kivyus. The Kodesh, that they took the day of Shabbos and Shabbos was ball playing day. Shabbos was baseball day, right? Right. Even those who allow it, you know, every once in a while. So he says. What is, the, what is the market trying to say? I actually, was one time I visited a, a place once. There was some community once I, I visited. I, don't even, I actually don't even remember what place it was. I went there for Shabbos. And on Shabbos afternoon, this is what happened. The entire community came out, balls and... Um, if you want to get a kid to really, you know, hate Shabbos, so tell me you can't play ball on Shabbos. And again, there's no iser playing ball on Shabbos. So, so what do we do? So the, the goal, I think, is to show them that on Shabbos, it's a little different. It's a little different. So like, Shabbos is probably not the day for like five-on-five, you know, round-robin tournament in your backyard. Like, that's probably not for Shabbos. Kids want to play uh, one-on-ones. They want to play a little bit in the back. It's fine. i want to play horse. They want to play 21. That's okay. It's fine. I even think, you have to know yourself, that it's okay for parents to go outside and play with their kids, to play catch with your kids. I think you should do it. depending on the age of the kid. I think it's fine. as something that one of the things that we do on Shabbos is we spend time together. And we can spend time playing ball. I, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, something we shouldn't do. Um, it's, it's more that if, but a kid knows that you know, on Shabbos we don't play, you know, full court press. On Shabbos we don't, you know, we don't play big, you know, football games six on six. You know, we don't make it kavua. Like every Shabbos, my house, football. Like that's not, that's shows them that the day is, it's not a day for that. Can they really understand it, to be honest? Not really. A lot of them can't understand that yet. I, I think a lot of kids, why not? What's wrong with it? You know, so, and, and I think it's a, fair, and it's a fair question. And it's a question of, we talk about it because it's a day for, we talked about that in the first year, but what the day is really for, right? It's a day of focusing on, on spirituality and diving and learning and things like that. So, but they don't really want to do that. And I understand that. But showing them that, yeah, but it's a different type of day. It's a different type of day. And maybe and maybe that means, by the way, that we spend time learning with them a little bit. We're going to play ball a little bit, and then we're going to learn for 10 minutes. You know, we're going to play ball a little bit, and then we're going to play a board game together. Whatever that is, we're going to do things together, and it's a day that we kind of spend family time together, and we don't just, you know, that, that's, how I, that's how I like to kind of play that middle ground. I think that's kind of like the Torah Shimon message. The message of Torah Shimon is not that playing ball makes your city you know, you know, prime for destruction. I think that, Tor- that the Torah Shimon message is remember what Chavez is all about. And again, it's the same modeling. If we show that Shabbos is a day when we have a charusa. It's a day when we go to a shir. It's a day when we say a devar Torah at the table. It's a day when, when we spend time with our kids and we're there to spend to be with them and to, and to, and to, and to focus on them. And it's not a day to, to send them to play with their friends the whole day. Some of the day they should. But it's also a day when we can, we're, we're here to spend time with them. And they see that. It's not a day just like Sunday. And they appreciate the difference. And I think that that, to me, is part of the you know, the measured way. And yes, as they get older, they're gonna see, right, I guess I don't just like play basketball the whole day on Shabbos. It's like not really what Shabbos is all about. That's why my parents wanted me, like to tone it down a little bit because maybe there's something else I should be using Shabbos for. And they may not get it when they're 14 yet, but they at least they hear it. And it's something that, again, if it's something that communally that we all do, it makes it a lot easier, right? If, if, if we all communally do that, then it makes it a, to be a, it's a much easier sell. Um, but I want, I want to talk also, because the questions come up a lot of times, um, is what's with scooters and bikes and tricycles and that kind of stuff. So um, the basic, we not getting to the, to the whole suggia. The real question of bikes and things started with a conversation about about trains when they first came out, because like, what's wrong with riding on a train? You're just sitting there, not doing anything, right? So uh, so bikes. You look at source. We won't read, source number fifteen is uh, the Sisal or Lezer Waldenberg talks about the question of, of bikes on Shabbos. And he basically says there are three reasons to Aser riding a bike on Shabbos. What are the th- three reasons? You look, he has Aleph, Bet, and Gimel there. So Aleph, he says, right? In the old days, at least, and even today, the truth is, if you if allowed riding bikes, like for real, for adults, everyone to ride a bike, so you can find yourself People who are avid bike riders, they ride many, many, many miles, right? Ask to hover around who ride bikes. They ride bikes very far. So you could easily find yourself leaving the Tchum on Chavez. Two thousand almost outside of civilization is possible. It's harder today because, you know, it's hard to get to those farther away areas. But in different parts of the country, in of Australia, it's not so hard to get outside the Tchum if you really are a bike rider who rides 10, 20, 30 miles when you ride a bike. Um, so that's number one. Number two is the problem of uvdu What's uvdu d'chol? is basically you know, there's different ways that that, that the posting describe what's the de it could be things that require exertion just like extra exertion it could be things that are connected to commerce things that seem like professional things um, and sometimes uvdu are things that are connected to some type of malaha so, but riding a bike is like, you know, it's a very very weak people would call it like a weekday-like activity which is a little hard because a lot of things are weekday activities, you know having conversations also a weak activity. So, that's harder. But, and then his third reason is this one you've probably heard of is what's going to, what might happen? The chain on the, some might break. The chain's going to break and get a flat tire and you end up fixing it. Which isn't such a crazy chashash. And if you would, that would be an of of Makov right? If, you're, if your bike chain falls off and you put it back on, this is the of Makov because the bike is in, unusable and now it becomes usable. So that's, but I think that's pretty much, a, I think most people know that riding a bike on Shabbos is, uh, is, is, is typically uh, prohibited. So, so but one thing all the posthum always allowed was a tricycle. Those little tricycles. Why? Because think about the reasons. The reasons don't apply. No one's going to ride a tricycle. No six, five-year-olds riding a tricycle outside the tachum, right? It's not going to break. It's just a piece of plastic. That you're going to break and fix. It's not like it's not, it's a toy, right? And and over the again, it's not like there's no malach involved. It's a very uh, it's benign, it's a kid's toy, for the most part. A tricycle. So and they don't ride them very far, it's like a very benign thing. So most of the time, the post can assume that while well, a bike was us there, riding a tricycle in the backyard is is okay. So the bigger question today is scooters, scooters. So people ask me about scooters all the time. So my answer to scooters um, is an answer that I've heard now. I actually asked around NYU a little bit this week to find out what people typically say, and this is the answer that I heard from just about everybody is the answer that I've been saying for years. Which is a young kid to ride a scooter in the backyard, in the driveway, whatever, basically like a tricycle, like a toy, that's fine. A, a scooter with a helmet, and I'm riding around like you know, all over the place to my friend's house and that place and, and back and forth and like you know, all over the place. I'm really using this scooter like a bike. It's like a bike. Right? So you, you don't have the problem of maybe it's gonna break and you're gonna fix it. But you do have that again I, i'm not i'm not sure that everyone's going to take their scooter outside the tchum. it's not quite that far but it certainly has to over the whole aspect and i think that's the the general approach of the post game is that is that scooters you know in the backyard in the driveway up and down the block a little bit but like running around also once you put a helmet on I was telling you when you put a helmet on and if you're riding a scooter you should wear a helmet i think right but once you put a helmet on again it gets into that like that feeling of like what, like what's going on here a little bit, yeah? To you know what extent do facts on the ground change when it's the case? for example, you mean? like the only time I ever see 500 kids on a scooter is on shop. Ch- I know the <laughs> most recognizable thing about shops is I see tons of kids right. on scooters everywhere. So right. it's like, oh, so nice to see kids on right. scooters on Chavez. Right. Does that play, is that... Because difference? today no one goes outside on Sunday. Right. Because <laughs> they should be riding scooters on Sunday, but they don't. It's, a, it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. I, I don't think it's a crazy swara. I don't think it's like... Again, if someone would tell me that a scooter is still basically a toy, I don't think they're like out of their minds. I think it's reasonable minds... Re, reasonable minds could disagree on that one. I, I hear it. It's not a... It's not one of these demons that are like hard and fast, like like black on white in sholchan It's It's not. It's not quite as clear. Even one of the Rosh Hashim I was talking to about this yesterday kind of said to me like... Look, even the bike thing, it's like, it's not, this is not one of the, you know, you know, uh Kari Emunah, and that, and that, but really meant that, like, it, the halachic grounding of it is not, like, perfect. You know, there's certainly, you know, wiggle room on it. But nevertheless, I still think, I, I, I personally think that's the right move. I think it's the right move. I think, I think having kids flying around the town on scooters with helmets and the whole story, I, I, I think it's just, you know, we call it, like, it's not Shabbat stick. But Shabbos stick is a real thing. Right? It's a, these, these elements of Shabbos stick, that's what creates environment and a community on Shabbos. And so I really think, I, I think that it's uh, appropriate to, to, to try our best, if we can. Um, but I want to I end with the following. And that is um, with this in source number 16. And I'm not going to read the whole article, but it's, really, it's a really good article. Uh, I just found it very interesting. Um, and this is about teenagers if it's true about teenagers it's definitely true about, ad- about, about younger kids and that is what do teenagers want potted plant parents what does that mean so this is a, a, a woman who works in, in, in high schools with teenagers and she writes so here's a complaint one might not expect to hear from teenagers they wish their parents were around more often and she basically talks about the fact that teenagers will say if asked you know not to their parents that what they really want is their parents to be around even if they're not going to talk to them. They enjoy having a parent in the room. Um, I'm going to be on my device, but my mom is reading. I'm gonna be, and, they, and they found in studies that found that kids whose parents are, it sounds obvious, right, but it's, it's statistics, that children whose parents are around in the house more, they're home when they get home, they're around, not because they talk to each other, but just that they are present creates a more grounded, emotionally well-balanced well, well children. Take a look right? if you continue like the third, fourth right there. However, a slightly higher percentage of teenagers who experienced a long work absence of a parent had emotional or behavioral problems compared with those whose parents worked more traditional hours. This echoes research finding high rates of emotional distress in teenagers who routinely returned to an empty house after school or whose parents were really at dinner. This is a t- teenage discussion, so we're going to say, yeah, but my teenager comes home from school and you ask them how this day was, what do they say? Fine. Fine. So what do they want me at home for? They're not going to talk to me. So the answer is, yeah, but they still want to around. That's a fascinating study. Uh, findings also suggested that parents don't have to be home all the time to be present for their children's lives, but it helped to be home at certain times. A classic study connected the total time at least one parent was home before and after school, at dinner, at bedtime, to improve psychological health in adolescence. Importantly, the studies of parental presence indicate that sheer proximity confers a benefit over and above feelings of closeness or connectedness between parents and child. In other words... It's great if you and your adolescent get along well with each other, but even if you don't, your uneasy presence is better for your teenager than your physical absence. Why am I I bringing this up? Because in the end of the day, in the end of the day, and like we said, this whole thing is a balance between the nose and the environment, With Shabbos, and I spoke about this a little bit in the first year, but what's the greatest commodity, and this is a line I heard from Mark Penner, and it's the most important thing, one of the most important things I think I've ever heard him say. The greatest commodity that we can give our children is ourselves. It's ourselves. The greatest commodity we can give our children is ourselves. If on Shabbos we are around and we're focused on them, and we're playing with them or we're schmoozing with them or we're hanging out in their proximity even at times we're gonna find that the day of shabbos is a day that they like more if we're gonna if we're gonna spend the whole day shabbos at the table and the kids are playing and then when they go to play we have to like yeah but you can't do this but you can't do that but you can't do that it's like okay but now i'm going back in to sit down and again, I think there's a value to spending time with friends also on Shabbos. It's also a value. But if that's what the way the day of, the, of Shabbos becomes structured, so then the no's are not outweighed by our presence. We're absent, and we're just saying no. And that becomes much, more, much harder to, to, to work with. And the more we spend that day focused on our kids, creating a positive environment, playing games, Having special Shabbos candies and Shabbos cereals and Shabbos games that we spend in the, in the Shabbos table is, is 45 minutes to an hour long instead of four hours long. And we, and we spend our time with them. And, we're, and we actually engage in sports with them and in games with them and things like that. It's, it turns the day into a totally different day. It's totally different, and so positive. Doesn't mean there won't ever be struggles with I want to wear my sneakers, I want to wear my Shabbos. clothes. Okay, so every family has to figure it out. You know, some people's kids can handle Shabbos shoes and some kids can't handle Shabbos shoes. Fine. You'll figure that out. But if the model that they see all the time is one of we give respect to Shabbos in the way that we dress and the way we spend our time and that we give you our attention by the way we spend the Shabbos day. So then the details of some of this, like can I use a scooter or not use a scooter, and it becomes a lot easier. But if they are feeling you know, that they're on the side on Shabbos, it becomes much harder to, to fight that fight and it becomes more of a fight, which I think we really want to stay away from. So, you know, it, it kind of brings us back to, uh, and, and I'll say one other thing also. I'll say one other thing also. The more we can explain to our kids, right, if there is a no, the more we can explain it to them, why it's a no, um, with that balance, look, Shabbos is supposed to be a fun day. Shabbos is also a special day. And finding a language that we can use for each of our own kids to, to talk to them about it and talk about a frustration that they can't use a device on Shabbos and why not? And what is not using a device? That's a great Shabbos table conversation. Why does Hashem not want us to use devices on Shabbos? I don't know. Let's talk about it. That's a great conversation for the Shabbos table. I don't know. Shabbos stinks. I hate it. Okay, okay. so let's, let's talk about why it's so hard. You be honest with them that, and be and being honest about the things that we have a hard time with. The more we, we're willing to explain and to talk about and to have those conversations with them about it, again, it's not gonna guarantee that they're not gonna be frustrated. They will be frustrated, they may be frustrated anyways. But it's, it shows them that you're willing to engage with them. It shows them that we're willing to have the conversation. And then it's not just, no, it's rather, here's why. And you may not get it yet, but maybe in 10 years, they will get it. And maybe they'll remember that conversation much, longer, much further along the way. So in, in, in summation, you know, the the greatest thing we can do for our kids, if we want to get them to feel positive about Shabbos and even to keep the halachos of Shabbos, is to create an environment that's positive, and is to and to model model a, 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 a commitment to Shabbos, but a positive, meaningful commitment to Shabbos. That's number one, the most important thing we can do. And then, in terms of some of the specifics, so there are different ways to to go on some of the specific questions. Um, but but the whole conversation goes different if we show them how much. We're present for them and are also willing to have the conversation with them about why it matters to us so much. Okay.